glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Pogue chat with teachers. Welcome to RC Teacher Talk. This is Angela in AI form with my co-host Lisa. Today we are talking to a wonderful Royce City High School social studies teacher and the concept of technology in the classroom and at home is discussed. Lisa, tell us your thoughts on raising children in the generation of technology just starting to make its debut. Uh, well, I thought I was going to be here with a live co-host today. I didn't know I was going to be talking to AI. So, um, Angela, <laughs> get back over here. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Um, that was pretty funny. You never know what's going to happen when Angela starts the podcast. I might need to step up my game a little bit in the humor factor. Um, so yes. Um, what do I think about this generation of technology that, you know, these kids growing up in it and, you know, I think those of us like me who grew up without computers and smartphones, we often forget that, Kids don't really know life without a computer. Like, yes. Yeah. The kids, you know, the kids that are born now, the kids who are high school, like they don't know, you know, it's, they've just always been here. So it's kind of weird to think about. Um, but it also brings up a lot of like unprecedented situations for teachers, students and parents because they're new things that didn't happen to the generation before us. So how are we going to handle it? Yes. And I'm sure there's a lot of questions going around like, like you said, like, how do you handle it? How do you maintain it? Um, but I do have to tell you, I'm just super thankful that I didn't grow up with smartphones. <laughs> um, all the documenting and things that happen on those. So, you know. <laughs> yes, agreed. And actually for more than one reason. Um, not just because uh, we don't want there to be any evidence of our teenage shenanigans, but <laughs> also because we learn to experience joy without having a screen in front of us. I, I agree. And I love that statement. Um, we, I, I, I have this student, we're kind of going off script here, but I just have to mention this. I have this student in my class and she truly brings me back to those small little joys in life because she talks about like every time I'm at, I, I'll ask her like, how was your weekend? And she'll tell me, Oh, it was wonderful. I made homemade bread from yeast. And then my family and I, we went out and we did arrowhead hunting. And it's like she that she never talks about like the things revolving around a screen. And mm -hmm. it's enjoying those little things in life, like making dinner with your grandparents. Yes. So she she really kind of brings it back to for me. And I and I love hearing her stories and what she has to say. But um Today, for our listeners, we hope that we provide you with a few resources for parents that maybe just aren't really knowing where to start when it comes to technology. Um, I know I was in that same boat when I first started thinking about a phone for my kiddo. Um, and then we also want to just talk briefly about instructional technology in the classroom. So I recently read a technology blog post from a professional in teaching and technology, um, and it discussed the importance of balance and how our brains can actually get addicted to technology. So Lisa, explain to us exactly what that means. 
Well, I've actually done a lot of reading on that as well. It's kind of fascinating. Um, and so we can actually get the same kind of brain response from just picking up our phone that someone who abuses substances gets from whatever their drug of choice might be. Um, it's really crazy to think about. And, um, but a lot of studies have shown that dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter that tells you something feels good, um, that that part of your brain is activated when you see your phone light up, when you get a like on social media, or when you reach that next level of your video game, whatever it is that brings you joy, so to speak, you get this rush of dopamine every time that happens. And so when you think about how, you know, your phone's right there, how often that's happening through the day, our brain chemistry is actually a little bit different mm-hmm. because of it. I like that. And I don't, I've noticed lately, um, and I, I'm, I'm sure that there's a setting or something out there, but like on Facebook, you know, it tells you exactly like how many hearts or how many cares or how many likes that yes. you receive on a post, uh-huh. but they actually have it on Instagram where you can turn that feature off oh. and it won't tell, I don't know if it'll tell the person who posts it. I'm sure it does, but it doesn't tell anybody else how many likes that that photo has Interesting. So it'll say maybe like some mutual friends that have liked it, but it doesn't actually give you a number. And I know that that's kind of weird to think about, but that number also plays a factor yes. in, um, in, in, I guess the addiction behind well, it. And that's been something that I guess is going back and forth in the news and things is like, cause I think we're starting to see the repercussions mm-hmm. of social media and technology addiction for lack of a better word. Um, and so I think even businesses and, you know, these social media companies and as professionals and all over the place are getting together and talking about what are some things that we can change or adapt mm-hmm. to kind of help with that. Cause I, I think we are seeing some, and this is getting a little off topic, but some of the mental consequences for our kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think it's really at the height of its awareness right now. Yeah. And I think that the one thing that I can tell parents out there is you can't just take it away. Right. Exactly. Um, and what I mean by that is you have to teach your child. Um, and that now, now that can come in different forms. So like for instance, with Evelyn, she has a, a time limit and it shuts it off. You know, I, I'm not necessarily taking away. I am restricting it, uh, uh, you know, different things like that. But that kind of teaches her, okay, I'm at the point now. I've played enough. Now I need to put it away. You're helping her regulate. Yeah. And, and by adults doing that as well, I think like set a time limit on your social media apps because we all know we can get wrapped up yeah. in an hour or two of TikTok. So <laughs> okay, I have a really funny off script story, but it goes right into this and it talks about with adults too. So a really good friend of mine, um, mom pa- recently passed away and she was telling me some of the stories that they, you know, had been talking about over the week as they're getting ready for the funeral. And, um, <laughs> they, they got this call. So they had her phone. They couldn't get into it to call anybody out, but they could receive the calls and her, her son, who's my friend had been paying for her phone bill and they get this call and said, party Laura. And Mm -hmm. so he answers the phone and she tells, you know, who introduces herself and 
she said, they were like, oh, so, well, it says here, party Laura. And she goes, oh my gosh, that's what she had, had me in as her phone. And she goes into this long story that they met at Taco Cabana and she was, these are young people quite a bit younger than Betty, who's uh, my friend's mom. And these two girls were at Taco Cabana. They were having a great time. And Betty just went up and introduced herself to them and made friends with them. And, and then ever since it's been like eight years, they've been going out to dinner at least once a week and going and doing other things. But she didn't want her son to know. And so, so she would put in like, there was another contact in the phone that was like a girl's name, but it was really a man that she had been talking to. And then, um, then so party Laura comes to the house as they're there cleaning it out and just comes again. Like she really loved Betty and that's just how Betty was. She just, you know, I've known her for a long time. Just love everybody. Um, but so then she tells my, my friend Manuel, she goes, you might want to look for her second phone. <laughs> and they were all like her second phone. What? So even as adults, you know, like the phone, like had her, she had connections, but she was able to like keep kind of, or, or think she was keeping secrets and yeah. stuff from her kids. Okay, things that she didn't want to know. And she even, uh, she told party Laura that, um, she said if, if they would be out, she would tell him, shh, shh, shh answer. My son, my, my son is calling. I'm not going to answer it. But if he calls again, I'm going to have to. No, I've got to be real quiet. He thinks I go home and go to bed at 8 o'clock every night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so use that as an example that no matter what age yeah. you are, you might try to get around and break the rules just yeah. a little bit. So that and there's is ways hilarious. to hide things. <laughs> oh, Betty. Yeah. That is too funny. So actually some of the things you mentioned, Lisa, that that can actually transition into the classroom environment as well. So like using tech games is is such a great way for students to feel comfortable um, Mm -hmm. when they are, you know, maybe behind or failing or don't get the question right. Um, And it just creates that competitive but really fun classroom environment. Yes. So we can lean in to what our kids get out of technology and use it in the classroom. Yes. So some of those same things. And I think that's where going back, since we got off track a little bit, back to your original quote, (laughs) I think that's where balance comes in. Um, So it's important for us to provide opportunities for children to work both on and off technology. Um, Isolation is a big consequence of technology um, in a lot of things that you read out there. So we really need to be as parents and teachers intentional about providing opportunities for students to work collaboratively, talk with other people, you know, have conversations, all technology put aside, you know, let's just have a conversation because they are isolated and easily if they're not engaged enough in the learning that's going on in the classroom, what do you think they're thinking about? Yeah. What's going on on their phone? What's happening on social media? What's been posted on Snapchat? Who's who's going to the bathroom so I can get out in the hallway too? You know, all that stuff. So we got to get them, you know, we got to think of activities that can really get them engaged. So in some ways we have to actually work extra hard at coming up with non-screen activities so that we can retrain our brains to get joy from other things. And I think that goes for parents and think being intentional about the things you do on the weekends or after school or whatever, as well as teachers in the classroom. So making that beneficial use of technology, but balancing it with things that don't have anything to do with 
computer technology. That is great advice. Great advice. Um, so we all know that kids are wanting technology mm -hmm. at a younger and younger age. And as parents, you just really have to ask yourself when the time is right. And that might look different for every family and every situation. Um, mm -hmm. So when you do decide that the time is right, there's resources available. So our suggestion to you is just to go out there and look um, because there's things out there to help you um, navigate this new world of technology for your kids. So um, like the Bark app. B-A-R-K. Um, that's a good one. I've put that on Evelyn's phone. It allows me, it sends me a report of what she's been doing. Uh, it flags it if there's any suspicious activity, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I do know one of my best friends is um, Apple Family Sharing. Um, and what that does is it allows me to set time limits, limit her mm -hmm. apps, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you'll hear a story actually in this podcast about her trying to sneak around the rules just a little bit. <laughs> so her, uh, her, uh, time limit has been sliced into about zero. Uh, <laughs> um, and then one of my absolute favorites is life 360. And we use this, um, all the time because it allows me, it alerts me when the girls leave school because, um, they finally convinced me to allow them to walk home. <laughs> you it's a big haven't step. seen that on my, my social media page. It was hilarious their reasoning behind <laughs> allowing them to walk home um but uh so it alerts me when they leave and then we you can also track family members so like when my grandmother was driving and stuff mm -hmm. we would always like to be able to track her just in case we ever had an emergency situation and and needed to get to her um and then the last thing i'm gonna um kind of give you a little piece of advice is um not so great stuff happens at nighttime usually when mom and dad are sleeping. So just have it as a routine to have them plug in their phone by your bed to charge. Don't let them have a charger in their room. Um, have them make, make sure they plug it in maybe at a certain time. I know that one of my friends, um, she has a middle school and a high school student and she says, um, they, that her girls are both so trained that she doesn't even have to tell them at a certain time at night, they bring their phone down and plug it in by your bed. Just their phone or also like Chromebooks, computers, iPads? I think iPads. it's just phone in this situation, but I mean, like... I, I'm thinking I have, about the things uh -huh. that you see on yeah. the Go Guardian um, yep. yes. that, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to do computers as well. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed, for sure. So is there anything specific that your family uses or does as far as like apps or technology or anything like that? Well, my kids are in their 20s. So yep. smartphones didn't even exist when they were born. Um, at least not smartphones as we know it. I think, actually, I think it, they were, we didn't start when they first were born, there wasn't even like texting. Like it was still just mm -hmm. a call. So, and then it got to the, like you were barely texting cause it was too difficult, yes. <laughs> you know? So it's texting a little bit <laughs> different. Um, so I think my generation of parents, we were actually like thrown into the wolf, so to speak, because there was yes. no way we could talk to our parents about how did you handle this? Yes. I mean, I remember a conversation with my dad, my kids were probably, 
10 and 8 at the time, something around like that. And we were at my niece's birthday party and people had just gotten iPhones. And so they were talking about them and showing different things that they did. And at the time, I'm not sure that I had an iPhone. I may have the tablet. Anyways, I don't remember. But remember my dad being very upset that he could not participate in the conversation because he didn't have an iPhone. I guess I just, I'm, I'm not worth speaking to because I don't have an iPhone, you know, just that. So, I mean, um, it wasn't even, you know, like a part of their life until later. Um, so the, those monitoring apps weren't available mm-hmm. until they were older. Um, so one thing I was a stickler about was no TVs in the bedrooms. Now I had a TV in my bedroom when I was younger, but I remember my brother would like just stay in there and he would watch TV all hours of the night. And so that was just something I put drew a line on and I didn't want them isolated into their room. So mm-hmm. there was a TV in the playroom. Um, we didn't have a lot of movie channels. Um, but when our kids did get smartphones, we set up a password so they couldn't load apps without permission. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We didn't set that up at first. We learned from experience that that was a good idea because we had a 350 plus phone bill one time (laughs) and my son was, I think he was in middle school at the time and he had been doing a bunch of in-app purchases. Like my, my husband's texted me like, what is going on? I had no idea. And then I start digging and doing the stuff where he had kept up in the level or whatever it is on the game. Um, so yeah, so we learned from experience, <laughs> you got to turn that stuff off. Cause I just, I never thought about it. Yes. I didn't know, yes. y- you know, I didn't know that it turns out it happened to a lot of other people. And if you called Apple and said he didn't have permission to use my credit card, they did end up waiving the charges. I'm not sure if my son knows this or not. We never told him they weighed the charges and we made him pay us back for that money. <laughs> Because it was kind of the consequence of, (laughs) okay, if you're going to pay this. And so through little things, he would have to work off the money. And I don't, I don't know if we ever told him that they really gave us the money. Well, now you know, Parker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we just kind of were, all of us, you know, my generation of parents were just kind of learning as we go because these crazy things. So my best advice would be get ahead of the game uh, because now there are parents ahead of you of talk to other parents, research what apps are available because they're constantly changing. I remember when my kids were middle school, there was a lot of talk about Disney Circle. I don't know if they've been that still one, but it helps monitor the internet and mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I'm not even sure what all's out there now. My kids are gone to college. So, but just don't get too comfortable. Yeah. Whether it's your kids or maybe the grandparents. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't get too comfortable. Technology is wonderful, um, but it, it can be dangerous. Yes, for sure. And um, we both know that technology can be overwhelming for both the parents um, and teachers. So um, especially those gen- that generation that didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know um, that there's research out there. So do your research uh, before buying your child a phone. Like you said, just just be ahead of the game um, and and have support there before you really try to incorporate it into your class. Um, definitely take risks. We're not saying to not do that. Take risks. Um, but and, and it's okay to fail. Yeah. And to add, like if you mess up, don't just say we're never going to do it again. Right. What can we do to make it better? Like let's teach our kids. Let's model for our kids what we really want them to do. Yes. So let's don't waste any more time and let's jump in and meet our guest. 
All right. Today we have with us a new social studies teacher to RCHS. Well, I guess not new anymore since it's the end of the school year, but mm-hmm. new this year. So, um, Jet, we'd just like to for you to introduce yourself. Let us know about your education, your experience, your family, what you like to do, anything crazy you want to tell us, but not too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying the not too crazy. (laughs) No, uh, name's Jet Carricker. Been teaching uh, for, or been in public education in one way or another, coaching and teaching for, this is my 18th year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I've been everywhere from East Texas all the way out to Odessa and West Texas. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't know that. Got my family, which I absolutely love and adore, like God has really blessed me with that. And I mean, it's just, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this. Like I love coming to work here. Yeah. And I also love going home. Yay. And it hasn't That's been that way. World. Yeah. It hasn't been that way in a very long time. Aww. So super excited to be here, but yeah, just teaching away. And your wife is in education too, right? She is. She does the same thing that y'all do, like the instructional specialist stuff. That's Coach, awesome. whatever, whatever the official term is, because I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, they they it changes, so it's okay. They love her over there, and she does a phenomenal job in Mesquite. But here's the thing: she, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but she like is kind of like wants to go back in the classroom now. It's kind of weird when you get away from students for too long. If you like teaching, oh yeah, she she'll have to step in and sub for. And mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, my God, I want to get back I miss in the it. Yeah. 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 That's so. why I always tell people that I seriously have, like, the best job ever in education because I get to still assist those teachers mm. and help and support the teachers um, and the way that I do. But I also still have that connection to students. Yeah. So my job is so unique, but it's absolutely amazing. And like you said, it's so much fun to be able to come to a job that you love. And then it just doesn't feel like work. It doesn't at all. And I think another good thing about your job, Angela, is you get the kids more than one year. Yes. So you get really close to them. Really close. And yeah. Yeah. Then we just, we I was cry. actually <laughs> bragging on your department to, uh, I guess, a recent job offer candidate. Mm-hmm. If that's even such a phrase. but Perspective employee, yeah, he, maybe. Yeah, there you go. He called me to ask me follow questions, follow-up questions about the district and then technology was one of the questions. And then I just told him about basically quote unquote geek squad with C4 lounge, (laughs) how they help each other. And it's kid led kid driven. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, that's so awesome. I was like, yeah, I've never had anything like that. And I was like, it's phenomenal. Very cool. It's a great program. And I can see what amazing things are happening in your classroom, but sitting here, even in front of us right now, like I see, your button for one of your students oh, my Lord. and i mean you just have that relationship with all of your kiddos so tell us about your button on your jacket right now well this is aubrey watkins and like the funny thing is, is that it's such a small world i think her dad and i crossed paths playing football at harden simmons oh, really? yeah, like back in the day they were either it, i don't know if it was when i was a ga or playing but we we somehow crossed paths and, uh, of course, Aubrey's just awesome. She's just a phenomenal student. And then, obviously, she's doing the, the athlete on the end of student-athlete. Mm-hmm. So there's respect for that. But, yeah, great student. And then I had a couple of cheerleaders that gave me theirs. Yeah, yeah. during then, football season, yeah, I had other ones. Brooklyn and, and Caden. And then uh, Aubrey was like, hey, it's it's softball season. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, it's you gotta, my turn. Yeah, take those off. And I was just like, <laughs> yes, ma'am, here we go. I so, love it. 
I love that. So um, we are moving on now to the question of the month, and this should be kind of interesting. I'm, I, I can't wait to hear. Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> History guru over there. Yeah. So if you could be any fictional character, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. Sherlock Holmes or Iron Man? Tell us why. I love, I love analyzing. Mm-hmm. Not only... Um, information but like when i really am trying to get to know people and kids like wonderful mr coach chris Rayson taught me a long time ago that when we coach together at poteet just sit back and watch people be a people oh, yeah. watcher and you'll learn a lot we've it, talked about that before too yeah like you'll 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 learn what you're wanting to know to get to know them mm-hmm. and uh and so i you know those two, plus it's just, you know, Iron Man. Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm nowhere How near the How would Iron IQ. Man help with the classroom? <laughs> oh, I could just. I mean, could you imagine the technology of like throwing something from one screen to another with just your oh. sensors on your hands or something? <laughs> That'd be so you know? cool. And like we could build models, 3D models with the whole. You know, we get Jarvis involved and we do all this fun <laughs> stuff. And like I, my my walls would be pretty much like. Uh, some sort of touch screen and I could say, Hey, let's go to, you know, Normandy for the invasion and we can see it on the walls, you know, and like Jarvis play whatever. And then we could just hit it up. But at the same time, the philanthropy and getting to help people and everything else, because I, my parents were house parents at the Hendrickon for children for 13 years. And then my dad went to the Ben Ritchie boys ranch. So helping kids that were really less fortunate, like the state of Texas put in there because of, you know, mental or physical abuse or neglect. So seeing my parents basically be parents to them mm-hmm. was almost kind of like the stepping stone and introduction to being into education. Yeah. So, yeah, being able to really analyze and have fun and solve problems like Sherlock Holmes and Iron Man. <coughs> Plus you, you get go. to fly. I yeah. Mean, my name is Jet. I would love to do that. <laughs> So. so true, so true. So it fit right there. Have you seen? There's actually a new show on Netflix, um, and Sherlock Holmes is in it, but it's about his sister, sister. Enola. Enola yeah. Holmes. Yep, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second it's one. It's so cute. I love yeah. it. I haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out. But see, Robert Downey Jr. to me is the common denominator in both of those. Yeah, oh, so true. You know, because he is a you know Mr. Bad Boy comeback story. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. he did some stupid things like we all do, but then he's, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, plus he's just a good actor. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. So. That Me is the common denominator. Interesting. Interesting that you'd pick a character played by the same person. So very cool. Um, all right. Well, you've kind of alluded to this, what I think you might answer, but I'm not sure if you, if my prediction will be right. Um, but what do you feel like you do best as an educator? And we kind of term it your educator superpower. So you've already kind of talked about some superpowers, which you don't aren't able to have in this day and age right now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. What's your educator superpower? What do you feel like you do best? Well, with the advancements in modern science, I'm pretty sure superpowers will be a thing super quick. No, yeah. I'm just joking. The next um, AI. That's actually what Chrome Squad's working on right now. Superpowers? Uh-huh. What are you talking about? We're creating them. Like how? <laughs> I'm really intrigued if this is a real thing. If this is a real thing, like I'm... 
I'm well, going to bug y'all's office and well, find out. We can't tell you, though. <laughs> you have to, we'll have to kill you. If you <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's and then that'd be, that'd be sad for your family. So It would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And you're a student, so, you know. Yeah, some of the students wouldn't miss me. But, you know. <laughs> they would. Uh, super, I, I, I hate talking about myself. That's um, why we ask teachers this because they do hate talking about themselves, but they don't do it enough. They don't look at like, what do I do really do well? I know what I do wrong. I know we're so, the, we're our, we're our best worst critics. Is that mm, the worst critic? Yes, yeah. best best worst worst yeah, critics. Best yes. worst critic. Um, superpower. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Come on, Jed. You're time, amazing. For, um, I would say. Really diving in to get to know kids I would on, agree. On, a, on an individual basis, um, which I don't know. I got I saw my dad do it with kids from different backgrounds, um, and then just being around wonderful people like Rayson, coaching with him and getting to see him deal with certain kids when we were coaching, and then even here, uh, Solis, Chris Stegman, Katie Schnicker. Stacy Sprague, like there's a lot of people that that helped me develop. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just you know. So if you were like going to mentor a new teacher, and you wanted to talk to them about really getting to know the kids on an individual level, what would you tell them? Uh, be some tips. You got to realize, I guess first and foremost, that these kids they're they're as much as they want to be adults. Like, you know, and then plus all the information that, that is, it almost desensitizes them being able to have so much information that they think they're more grown than they actually are. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, you know, their brains aren't fully developed until like what, 24, 25. Some some are saying even 27, depending on. You got to realize that they're going to make, you know, idiotic errors just like we did when we were kids. But getting to know them, you have to really get on their level without losing your maturity or that respect factor of, you know, I'm your teacher, not your friend. And, you know, you can flirt with that line and because there's going to be kids that will come to you and they want advice on stuff, which obviously there's, you know, like, oh, I need to go tell a counselor now because that's by law. Or they're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, just avoid that person or that situation. Then you might let a counselor or a principal know. But as it, just getting on their level, like as far as like knowing the trends, of like social media. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason I have an Instagram account is to see what is trending. Oh. And then that way in class, when I bust out and say something, certain kids would be like, Oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> you know, no, no cap fam. Like yeah. all that fun stuff. <laughs> but you know, just, and then it's like, find out what they're, you know, like I've got one student who just loves under armor. I love under armor. And so making connections. She wears it every day. And, you know, like when I came in with my Under Armour shoes, it's the first thing she noticed, <sighs> you know, and, and then obviously being a half country, half city boy, there's, you know, I get to the best of both worlds. You know, I understand boots and horses, you know, but at the same time, I understand the souped up cars and mm-hmm. all the stuff that, it, you know, deals with some cultures in the city. So it's just, I don't know, it, it takes a minute. Uh, that's probably the thing is that there's a student that finally spoke to me today. Oh, wow. Like literally today, just a second ago before I came in here, he hasn't talked to me all year long, super introvert. 
And today he was just felt comfortable enough to open up. But and that's I've, when you're like, yes. Yeah, but I've been at it the whole entire time. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm just like, hey, his name, and then like, hope everything's good today. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, and then he just opened up and started talking. But so you just gotta be patient with it, but at the same time be persistent and realize who your extroverts are and who your introverts are. Mm, and go that's ahead good and advice. tell the kids that. Be like, hey, if you're an extrovert, I'm gonna talk to you. And there it is. If you're yeah. an introvert, I'll leave you alone in front of a large crowd, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna come over and still ask you questions and check on you, kind of like a one on one basis. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And I think that's great stuff to hear. And also just like you said, just, just don't give up, be persistent about it. Because I know that like, I used to have a student that was just really challenging and we just didn't gel. Like you just have those kiddos sometimes. And I, I'm I'm telling you, like I tried everything. Like I even wrote a note. (laughs) I, you know, did all of these things and that whole entire school year, we just didn't gel in my classroom. But then like once that student left, I think at that point they kind of understood like, wow, you know, she really did care about me Mm -hmm. or whatever. And they came back and said, thank you. And, or, you know, just acknowledged you at that point. So if you're a teacher that is struggling with a student, like, like uh, Jet said, just don't give up and just just keep trying to break down those walls and barriers because you never know when it's going to be the day. Oh, 100%. So. And plus, I mean, I, my dad told me a long time ago that we're not going to be able to save all kids, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking, but that doesn't mean we have to give up on them. So there's there's going to be that, that I may never connect with certain kids, but at the same time, there's going to be that respect level. Yes. And they're going to know that I'm here to help if they need it. Yes. And then... We just move on because, you know, I just want them to, I want them to be okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so much that goes on yes. that we don't know about. Yes. Yeah. I just want that to be is okay. really good advice. My first year here, I had a seventh period class that if any of them happened to be listening or their parents, they did pretty much wear me <laughs> out. And it was my first year here and it was like 19 boys and a lot of them were athletes and five girls or maybe three. I don't know. Oh, that's a recipe right there. But, <laughs> and, and they would like come in, um, either right before or right after their athletics. And they'd all been friends for a long time. And of course I'm just like, oh, you know, but I did. And I would tell people this, like individually, they're amazing kids. Oh, and so yeah. I did take that chance to like, I didn't, even though they drove me crazy to the point, I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I've gone, you know, 20 years in education without having a class make me cry. These, these, these boys are not going to make me cry. Like I am, <laughs> we're not having this. Um, even though some days I wanted to, <laughs> and, but I still took the time to realize that individually they had strengths. And like you were saying, Angela, when they were seniors and they realized that that might've been the first, no, I was not going to be teaching the next year, I think, but they were like, that's really sad. Like you were a really good teacher. Now at the time they kind of thought I was really mean. Cause I did, I, I remained the teacher. I didn't try too hard to be their friend, but I did take the time to get to know them. And they were like, I can't believe you're not gonna be teaching kids anymore. And I really thought they probably hated me, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when, you know, when they were separated, so yeah. I learned, I learned a lot that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming at the high school for sure. And, and transitioning from elementary to high school, I'm mm-hmm. sure was quite, Ooh. 
a, a difference. Yeah. So, um, but Jet, we, we know that educators have lots of challenges and things that they're facing, whether it be every day in the classroom or even, you know, just over a year throughout education. So what is something that you feel like resonates most with you that you want our listeners to, to know about? Uh, as far as just education in general and things going on either outside education that affect what you do or I just wish there would be more parent involvement Mm -hmm. especially at a high school level yes yeah like just because I don't know there's there's just in in my 18 years and I'm not gonna say where this was or who it was but I'm I need to be kind of reinforcing what you've already taught your kid I don't need to be teaching your kid some of those things that they need to be learning at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to be teaching them content, you know, and make sure that they're respecting others. And here's some advice for what's going to happen because this is what happened to me. Make sure you don't make the same mistake. And, but I don't need to teach them how to be a good person. Mm -hmm. Like some of that needs to happen at home and that's all with, you know, socialization and things that they need when they're little, but then just parent involvement. Cause there's sometimes, I mean, even here, where I'll send an email to a parent and I get nothing back. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, and, and then where do I stop? Like, do I stop after the third one mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, yeah. Hey, you didn't reply back. Like, okay. <laughs> so I guess we're not just going to talk about anything that's going on, whether it's good or bad. That's the thing. Every email I send is not a bad email, but I don't hear anything back on any of them. Yeah. Now some parents I do, but it's just that every parent needs to be involved because yeah, teenagers are going to like, there was a time where I thought my parents didn't know anything. And then something clicked when I was in my twenties and they were the smartest people ever. (laughs) They they were right. I think that happens to many people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I just, you know, I want them to be more involved that way. If we see something that is happening and they're going down a road or we notice this or that, we can cut it off and and it won't be, we'll be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. Yeah. And that teacher parent connection, remaining into the high school years yes yeah. and that'll just strengthen the community yeah and then i mean who knows because you know i'm a relationship guy there's no telling where that would go years from now yeah. true very you true know? and i mean and that's another reason why i have instagram is to keep up with my former students mm-hmm. but it's just uh I, yeah, I just i just wish parents would be more involved yeah i'm glad you brought that up and and actually um this past year we have tried to establish like a kind of like a PTA or whatever it is um, at the high school campus. There's never been one before. And just to have those parents on campus um, helping and assisting, it just, I don't know, like you said, it just kind of changes the dynamic between the teachers and the parent relationship. Um, Because, I, I mean, there's some of those parents along the way that I still communicate with, you know, mm-hmm. former students and stuff. Mm-hmm. And those are the parents that were involved, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's great. I think, um, if you're a parent and you're hearing this and you're wondering, how do I go about doing that? Just reach out to somebody and believe me, we can definitely help you get plugged in. Oh, hundred yes, percent. I sure. mean, and the key word is communicate. Yeah. And this is what I've learned is that where there's a lack of communication, negativity fills the void. And it takes, sometimes it's hard, but it, it's better to, you know, push through that difficult conversation than have to deal with not communicating at all. Cause mm-hmm. it could be way worse for sure. So just communicating, mm-hmm. it, it helps out. Yeah. That's great so. advice for even teachers. You know, and I work with new teachers, I'm like, 
take the time to communicate. And yes. sometimes it should be a phone call because then they can hear the concern in your voice versus reading some type of tone. 100%. You know, if you've had that positive interaction with them. So it all, you know, just kind of depends on the situation. So yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Love to see more parents up here at the high school for sure. Um, and, and really, even though kids say they don't want their parents, I think they like it <laughs> when they're here. You know, you know, it's like, the, uh, but it does still make them feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you actually mentioned that you were, you know, kind of bragging on the technology support that we have here um, with Angela's program at Roy City High School with someone else. And so our next question has to do with technology. Um, what are some struggles in the classroom with incorporating technology? You mentioned they already have information overload, but tell us some more of your thoughts about that. I hate technology. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just joking. Um, have you been hanging out with marking too much? Well, oh no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Google like, is the devil. The, that's what he says. It's, well, I, mm, how can I, I love being able to share information with the kids at the click of a button. I love that. Um, I love the resources that we can use electronic, electronically and access them from anywhere. I love that. It's just the, the distractions that these kids are getting used to that yeah. we didn't have. True. And, uh, and I hate to say this, but the kids, the parents whose kids stay off of excess technology, I just feel are going to be better human beings in the long run than the ones who are always staring at a screen they're swiping up, doing whatever TikToks, and one, I just think it's a wasted it's wasted energy that they could be doing something more productive with, obviously like helping people or bettering themselves, um, but just it's it's almost like it's a drug. I agree. There actually is science behind that that the you get the same type of dopamine hits, and they're so used to it yes. from at a young age because let's face it. And I think we've talked about this a little on the podcast before, but this is the first generation of students who, when they were born, the internet existed. And so we have to look at them different and think about, but it is hard. And that does make, I think incorporating technology (laughs) hard because they see technology in a different way than we see it. Like you talked about all the, like information they mm-hmm. could get from it, but that's not necessarily how they look at it. Yes. They, they're looking at it as that, that false sense of accomplishment and the false, I feel good. Whereas there's just so many more awesome capabilities that they're, they're really not even accessing Yeah, because they want to get, see how many likes they can get, you know, and then don't even get me started on athletes and, social media to get more money with their NIL deals and all oh, that. Oh, that's a whole nother like, topic. That is already, maybe that's a summer bonus episode or something. <laughs> that's already changing some of my former players. Um, I just, I don't like it. It's just, uh, it's not who they are. It's a facade. And I think people there, it's going to hurt them in the long run, but at the same time, people are missing out on the real them. Yeah. And the genuine them that, that is, you know, the awesomeness, they're just missing that. But like my son wants a phone and I think we're going to get him one, but we're going to make it, I mean, it's going to be locked down. Oh, hmm. now how old well, is your son again? He's 11. He's 11. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? 
Joe, and it's Joe. spelt J-E-A-U-X. Oh. So, okay. Well, that little, because uh, your wife is from Louisiana, My right? Wife is from Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. So we had to keep the our little family tradition from West Texas where all the boys have J names, and we were thinking of a J name. Jet Jr. was not going to happen. <laughs> and uh, so we came up with Joe. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. I love, I love, I love, uh, Different spellings. It was awesome. Now we get the whole geox and <laughs> jukes and how do you say that? You know, but he's starting to see the benefits of it being unique. So it's a lot of fun. But he'll be over here at Bailey next year. Oh, yeah, we're bring, we're bringing him over. And then uh, little Ray Ray, little Reagan is going to stay with her mom uh, in Mesquite. And then trying to get my wife out here. Yeah. Like, and how just, old yeah. is Reagan? To come out here. Reagan's five. Five. So will she just be starting school next year? She'll okay. be in first grade next year. Oh, first grade. Okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, and I kind of want to circle back really quickly to what you were talking about because um, taking on this role that I'm in now, I had to do a completely different like mind shift because like my very first instinct when I would like get maybe it's a, an explicit content mm-hmm. search or yeah, they all come or, across her computer yeah, when the kids do bad things <laughs> oh really yeah did that, not know that's that that's my job yeah and, uh, or she has to wash her eyeballs out sometimes <laughs> oh <laughs> my things gosh. i cannot unsee um anyway uh but like if uh, if a kid is accessing a bad website or an extension or you know whatever the case may be my my very first instinct is to just shut it down right yeah, yeah. and in this new role that i took on i'm you have to think about it differently and you have to think about it instead of just shutting it down to educate because if you just shut it down and, and block it from them, they're not learning anything by that. And, and I think it has a lot to do with like, the parents that are out there too, like they're not, they grew up and they didn't have the technology. Mm -hmm. So they don't really know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I think that it truly starts with educating the parents more about it. Um, because there's a lot of people like you're talking about getting your son a phone. There's a lot of people that don't know that you can block Yes. Everything on that phone. Yes. You know? Um, and so I feel like that is one of the jobs that I would really like to try to get out there more um, in this role that I'm in is just educating the parents on how do I raise my child in this new technology world and mm-hmm. what steps can I do to help educate them? Yeah. So I think that you know everything you said has been really great and um and and even i had to do the research because i have an 11 11 year old she has a phone yeah and we have her blocked down but you know what she did the other day Hmm. (laughs) i I was like how are you still playing on your phone because i still have i had a time limit limit on it and she goes uh uh I, i hit the one minute button and i'm like you've been playing on it for like 30 minutes how do you keep hitting the one minute button? Because apparently you can add a one minute. Oh, no. And she's like, Mom, I have to tell you something. I was like, what? She said, I figured out the passcode. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> she figured out the passcode and she had been playing on it for no telling how long. That kind of alludes to something I was thinking about when you were talking about parent education. I think 
as parents, we do have to realize, because I think sometimes we have this false sense of I've raised them right. You know, I've taught them all these things and they're not going to maybe go to a bad website or they're not going to look for the passcode so they can keep playing their game. Like we just Mm -hmm. assume that, and and we all, we should assume the best of our kids, but we also need to be realistic and realize that all kids are going to take risks. They're going to make some poor decisions. Um, and it's how we respond to those. And let's not be like completely blind to the fact that our kid might do that. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah. for them to have that open sense of if you screw up, I'm still going to be here for you to talk through yes. you know, what you did. Cause, yeah. cause that little password, you know, she confessed, but yes, you know, it did. can lead to a next, a next she's a lesson. horrible liar. Thank goodness. <laughs> but she is also the kid that absolutely hates to get in trouble, like physically ill when she gets in trouble. And, um, so I could tell that like, it was really affecting her that she got in trouble. And I was very, very thankful that she was truthful and honest with me. But I said, sorry, chick, you, you've been, you know, taking advantage of this. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, you no longer have screen time for the next five days and she was blocked out, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, just getting that out there and stuff. I think that's good. I mean, the kids are going to, we did. We did. Mischievous things. We did. But it wasn't technology. Yes. So we just have to take and that. There, there, were no, there were no pictures. Yes. Uh, it wasn't yes. documented. But now we take that same sneakiness and we just have to add it to technology. Yes, exactly. And you can almost be a couple steps ahead. Yep. Because the websites, I found this out in class the other day. Uh, apparently something like uh, mathisawesome.com. It's not a math website. Oh. It is a free game website where you can oh. go in there and play games, which I thought was awesome because, like, I mean. Wow, my kids I'm are gonna, playing I'm, math games. I'm going to go play some games. But it looks like they're playing math games, but they're not math games. And, you know, they get creative, but at the same yeah. time, we got creative to be sneaky. We mm-hmm. did, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it hasn't changed. It's just that you just add technology to it. Yep. Sometimes so. I want to say that. Do you remember being a teenager? Oh. Like, mm-hmm. even good kids I mean, but, but that's what we're also developmentally. That's what you're supposed to do. Like yeah. how, if you don't yeah. ever take a risk, how then how learn? are you ever going to learn anything? Exactly. But oh, we, that's again, a whole nother, yeah. Yeah. we can have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> Can't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. That's how we learn. For sure. For sure. Um, and you mentioned earlier that, um, you, you rattled off some names and stuff. So it sounds like you've just got a really good, um, professional learning network that you Mm -hmm. can just reach out to people, ask them questions and stuff. So where do you go? What do you do when you're just kind of needing that new idea in class or something different? What, how do you, how do you go about Um, spicing it up in, in history class? I, I'm a very, you need to hit me right between the eyes. Like don't sugarcoat it. And I, I haven't found anybody here yet that would just hit me right between the eyes. But, uh, like, so Lisa, so will tell me straight up, uh, yay or nay. Um, Stegman, Ty Belt, these are all former people that I've, I've taught with. Uh, Stanfield? He's Owen? rocking and rolling in here. Uh, Owen will, Owen, like, I'm starting to, to kind of, you know, I've, I've felt him out as far as like, hey, what do you think? And he's like, no. And I'm like, hmm, okay, okay. You're, you're, you're being honest with me, which I love. And uh, so he's one that I uh, hear that literally like if, if there's really a question that I need as far as how the inner workings of RC goes and I need to figure something out here, it's been Owen 
Yeah. I guess since like January, just like, Hey, what do you think guy? And he'll straight up tell me. So, and plus he's just a good guy. Like, yeah, he I, is. Saw, I saw him walking down the other day and, uh, he was like, Hey, I just come to see how you're doing. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> he was like, yeah, but your tooth, like I was just checking. I was like, Oh, and you're awesome. Yeah. Oh. I appreciate you guy. You yeah. know? So, but that, but that's just how, I mean, gosh, like the last place I was at, no names. <laughs> it's almost like the adults were out to get you. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And that's so, fun. you know, and, and I'm literally there for the kids. I, I want, I want to be there for the kids. I love the kids and I miss them because I built some solid relationships. Yeah. But some of the adults just were just like, oh, I'm going I'm to get you. you yeah, know? And I'm like, why? Here, 180. Yeah, love it. Like they are, you know. They look out from the, for you. Well, and plus, when I went to go get my, like, that's a genuine smile on my ID. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, they, hi, how are you? Yeah. Wait, what? I don't even know you. You're talking to me. Yeah. Like, in my other, it was just like, there was no interaction like that. And it was yeah. genuine when they were saying hi to me. And like, oh, how are you? Where are you coming from? What's your name? And I'm like, oh, okay. But then it led to to here at the high school. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you're going to have people who are just not people people. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, that's how it is everywhere. Right? Yeah, but the majority of the people here, the adults, are phenomenal. Yeah. It's so. funny you say that because one of our, like, slogans, I guess, right now as we're recruiting for new teachers is RC, and it's right culture. Yeah. Um, and I truly do believe that. that right culture, right choice. Yeah, yeah, right culture, right choice. Oh, it was, and, and just to let, I mean, I've been from East Texas to West Texas, like, it's, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> like, when's the negative going to come in? And it's just been positive, positive, positive. Yeah, there's a little bit of growing pains because yeah, of yeah. The, the huge influx Absolutely. of students and the facilities. I mean, they just, they're just they about to finish the CTE wing, which yes. is going to be awesome. But it's awesome. Yay. Like, I don't, I should have been over here about five, six years ago, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. So... That makes me happy to hear. And it makes me so happy to hear that like the place that you reach out for new ideas is your coworkers, like the people that you work with every day. And yeah, they're they're not like Owen's not afraid to just, you know, boom. Yeah. And that's, that's what I need. And he's also willing to try new things. So that kind of goes, you know, together where you're able to have those conversations and learn things. That's very cool. I watched a, uh, zoom training yesterday on something that I coached Owen on the uh, fast and curious edge of protocols. And they're going to record that supposedly the recorded video is going to come to us. And I really hope it is. Cause I think he'll enjoy it. And it, it gave even some more, I, I, actually some things I think you'll like too. So I'm looking forward to, to using that. And that's the funny thing. He's only been teaching for like how long? Like three or four yeah, just years. a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Yesterday but like, or last year might have been his second year. Maybe he just had one other year in a district. Yeah, and he's not an early thirty something either. Like no. he's you know, so that just goes to show you that he's just an he's just a good person. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Now, even though he's new, he's still just real about the interactions that we have. But I, I think a lot of people feel that way about you too, Mr. Carriker. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Nope. Yes, they sure do. I think a oh, lot of awesome. uh, what you've said today speaks to you build relationships with students, but you also build relationships with your coworkers. And I think those are two things that make education 
easier yeah. when education's not easier. Like yeah. having your teacher pals, uh, leaning on your, uh, you know, coworkers, but yet also building those relationships with your students. Cause it could be a lonely job if you didn't take that time with the students. So yeah, yeah. Then completely that's, agree. The, that's the thing is that as I, the longer I stay here, the more people that I will, and it's, it's my fault, but it's not my fault. I I've, I've worked with, like I said, with people that are like, I gotcha. So there's a level of trust yeah. that I just don't have until I get to know people yeah. because I've been burned. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. But then that whole Chris racing comes in to play, which if y'all who's whoever's listening, I call him coach racing. But we do too. He's, yeah. He's, he's right. Mr. Racing. <laughs> yeah. He's one of our assistant principals. I think a lot of people still call him coach yeah. racing. He'll and always I, be coach. And I call Solis, I call him C Ray because I coached with him. Oh, so yeah. it's just, you know, it's just, they're both phenomenal principals and they're, they were my, I guess my in, like I knew them coach with them, but going back to, uh, no, Silos is, as uh, Solis and then C Ray is Chris Ray. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I go back to just, you know, people watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, like Anna Fisk. I mean, she'll tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. If you want up. somebody to be direct with you, Miss Fisk is the one. And sometimes I'm like, well, I, I don't, do I want the Owen approach? <laughs> or do I want the Fisk approach? Because Fisk, Fisk is going to take the gloves off. Yes, for sure. And Owen will still hit you in the face, but he might have some, some lightweight gloves, you know, but. It, Everybody be, needs a Miss Fisk in their uh, life. And she's phenomenal though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's, I love her to death, but. Yeah, it's just sit back and watch how people interact with each other. And then you're just like, oh, a lot of people are going to this person. Mm-hmm. Let me go see what that's about. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you just start building that rapport. And then there it is. Yeah. But there's still people that I don't know. Because <laughs> there's kind of a lot of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I can't wait to really, you know, get to know even more. Yeah. So. Well, it's come to that time to end the podcast and more especially because we're about to have a fire drill and we don't Mm. want all that. (laughs) (laughs) So it worked out pretty good timing here. We like to give our guests the last word. So what would you like our listeners to know? What's some jet words of wisdom that you could launch us out of this episode with? Well, that's an oxymoron jet. (laughs) You liked that, didn't you? Doesn't have Great play on words. But, um... (laughs) No, I guess uh, my dad was my hero. And so I didn't know that I said this until he passed away. And because it was just, it was just, you know, instilled in me, this is just what you do. Obviously, which is, you know, trying to find opportunities to help people. But I tell my kids every day and they, you know, they think it's funny. But at the same time, it's, it's true. Uh, Be safe and make good choices. That's it. So I really want him to be safe and hopefully, you know, I've I've explained to him what that means. Obviously slow down, think, I mean, that's what separates us from Mm -hmm. the animals of the animal kingdom. We can take a pause. We can pause. We can literally think about how we're going to respond instead of just react. So I want him to, to really slow down and think and, and, you know, make the right choice. And that could, that could look several different ways, but just wanted to be safe and make the right choice. So I love it, Jet. Thank yep. you so much Great for advice. being here. All right. Thank you all. Y'all are amazing. Angela, where can our guests find you in the Chrome squad on social media? You can find us on Twitter at Chrome underscore squad 
and also at our website, www.connectedforlearning.org. And where can our listeners find you, Lisa? Well, I post out on Twitter, everything school related, at RCHS underscore Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. And we are also have a hashtag this year for our teachers. So it's hashtag Team RCHS. You can use that and hopefully find some neat things that are going on here at Roy City High School. Thanks for tuning in to RC Teacher Talk, a podcast for and about real teachers in the trenches. Hosted by Angela and Lisa, the Learning Technologies team at Roy City High School. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review us. Make sure to say nice things. Go Bulldogs!